Hero Records is a record label with a twist. In addition to releasing digital singles, they also have a comic book component where their artists inspire almost all the characters in their comic series. Welcome to the future of what? I'm your host, Portia Sabin, president of the independent record label, Kill Rockstars. Support for the future of what comes from Merch Table. With over 15 years of experience in merchandising, screen printing, tour support, and online fulfillment, Merch Table partners with artists and labels looking to jumpstart their business. Visit merchtable.com to learn more and open a store today. On today's episode, we discuss the importance of artists having an idea about their visual as well as their musical aesthetic and how the two work together. It's all coming up on The Future of What. Support for the future of what comes from Sound Exchange. You're listening to the future of what. I'm talking to Matt Medney and Pete Russo from Hero Records. Guys, welcome to the future of what. Hey, how are you, Portia? Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Portia. Appreciate it. I'm glad to talk to you guys. Let's talk about Hero Records. It's a pretty unique label situation. So why don't you guys tell me how you guys got this idea and like what is Hero and how'd you guys put it together? I'll, I'll start and then Pete wants you kind of fill in where, where it makes sense. In, I would say, what, 2012, I was managing a DJ producer named Candy, and his visual package was the best I had ever seen for an artist that I'd been working with. So obviously, I asked him to connect me with the creative director that he had been working with to kind of create the visual assets to his brand, and it was Pete. And from that point forward, we kind of through learning who and what each other like to work on and kind of evolved working on and past that artist. And then in 2015, with a couple of our DJ buddies, we had come up with the idea of like, what if a comic book series was based around a song and a song was based around a comic book series? And it was kind of just an idea that Pete and I had in early 2015. After the course of about another year or so, we started fleshing out what that would actually look like, both visually and then the mechanics of how a record label would run with that. And fast forward to today, we've released about 20 songs and have two top 40 pop radio hits and a bunch of um, comic books that are produced both for our own platform called The Red and one that we just released with Live Nation called Project Z. So, Matt, what was your experience in the music business before you started Hero? I was an assistant tour and production manager for Knife Party, and then I went on to be the tour and production manager for artists like Kazo, Cheat Codes, Pegboard Nerds, Shift Key, Jack Beats, and a handful of other artists in the dance music bass scene. So you, hadn't, you guys actually hadn't put out any records before you started this label? No. A bunch of the artists in the dance music space especially back in the early 2010s, were independent artists. So we'd never worked on a release for a record label that we own, but we had definitely released music together from like an independent standpoint. So talk about releasing singles. I mean, because it's, it sounds like you guys, that's what you're doing is releasing singles, not so much full albums. You know, my label, for example, I'm still the old fashioned indie labels. We, we release like whole actual albums and physical formats and all that, you know, antiquated dinosaur stuff. So Tell us a little about what it's like to sort of live in the digital single marketplace, because that's pretty cool. 
I would say for us, it all starts with the visual, right? And Pete, why don't you kind of go a little bit into like what your visual background is and like how we, because Porsche, I think what's interesting to understand is that the music is not secondary ever, but it's secondary to us in the creation of how the release will go. So we make sure that the visual is up to par and then we use that as the, the vehicle, as the Trojan horse to get the song really heard and shared and understood by using the visual assets. Wow, that's cool. That's a very cool approach to doing this. Yeah, so with the visuals for each release, I try to, with artwork in general surrounding music, I try to act as a magnifying glass and really dig into the tone of the song and and the tone of whatever release it is and see who the artist is authentically and bring what makes them different and what people connect to about them to the surface and represent that on a visual level. So when you're doing that, Pete, do you actually like get together with the artists and talk with them and ask them questions about stuff? Absolutely. Yeah? So that's a big part of it. I do an interview round with the artists and, and dig in with a bunch of questions that help me get to the core of who they are, what their goal was with that release overall as an artist. I try to put myself in their shoes as much as possible so I could understand how to represent that on a visual level. Do you do a comic then for every single? Not necessarily for every single, but most. Initially, when we had started, that was the, the plan, was to do every single single would have a comic. And I think potentially in the future, that will be the goal. But sometimes there's really great music that you come across that you see a vision for. And maybe that artist doesn't see your vision yet. So we compromise to be able to work with the right artists and the right music, where maybe it won't be a full comic, but it'll be an animated cover that we throw with the music. But everything has some level of comic book storyline asset to it. And a full comic, uh, right now we've done one with Skella. We did the Red, which has multiple artists built within it. Both Logan Henderson, McCod Brooks, and Radioactive Ex-Girlfriend are all associated to that IP. And then Pete, when he's working with these artists, it, it really brings me back to uh, saying that I learned early from Apple, which is simplicity isn't simple. And Pete's kind of underplaying how much time he has to spend with every artist to come up with the comic asset that goes with it. It's probably a good 20 hours per artist at least yeah at least, yeah that we dive into not just like the ethos of the song but the ethos of the artist so that we can put everything from easter eggs to small pieces of art or like a typewriter maybe in the back of an image if an artist is really connected to poetry or maybe a certain type of flower if that artist is really connected to that would be in the foreground but like really pulling back layers of the artist's overall brand so that the visual companion doesn't just tell the same story that the song does, but builds off of it in a more transmedia way rather than a multimedia way. You know, you guys have been around for a few years now. Are you finding artists approaching you now who have a strong visual sense, who want that, who are like, oh, I love what you guys do with this comic series, like, I want to be part of that? Or is it more like, you find artists that you like, and then you tell them about this aspect. Both, yeah. We think of artists that we think would be ideal for the project, that we think would want a comic book surrounding their music. 
given everything they've put out so far and we'll reach out to them. And then other artists will reach out to us being like, we see you're doing this comic book and music thing and you're the only people we see doing it. We want to be a part of it. Everything I couldn't, that's been on my mind Wrote it down so I can ask you, wait, now what's the line? Had a lot to think about You and I didn't work it out Almost made it, but we never really gave it time Ran the race so we collapsed before the finish line Hey, I don't know about you, but I get a little lonely too And I think you should know Can't let you go, no, I can't let you go I'm sending X's and O's, X's and O's, X's and O's X's and O's, X's and O's Not looking for a fight, just someone to hold tonight Skip the drama, pour some shots, and then turn out the lights Cook you breakfast, check my watch, and say look at the time Keeping things just casual The ones I've always unstoppable I told you once, I meant it twice, don't get your hopes up high If you agree that we're just friends, just come on, stay the night Hey, I don't know about you, but I get a little lonely too And I think you should know Can't let you go, no, I can't let you go I'm sending X's and O's, X's and O's, X's and O's X's and O's, X's and O's Cause the strings will start to show Three, two, one, and you better be gone Don't get me wrong, I really had fun Tic-tac-toe, strike three and a row Gotta let another go Cause the strings will start to show Three, two, one, and you better be gone You better be gone Hey, I don't know about you, but I get a little lonely too I'm sending X's and O's, X's and O's, X's That was X's and O's by DNNY. I get a ton of songs in my inbox every day, but managing them is a hassle. Disco makes managing and showcasing your music a breeze. It's like all the best bits of iTunes, SoundCloud, Dropbox, and MailChimp in one place. 
Whether you're an artist, manager, producer, sync rep, label, or music supervisor, Disco lets you manage and share your most valuable asset, your music. Head over to disco.ac backslash future for a free trial. Plans start at just $10 a month. And when you're ready to go, use offer code future for 20% off. If you're enjoying this program, please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KRSFOW and subscribe to our newsletter to find out what's coming up next. You're listening to The Future of What. I'm talking to Matt Medney and Pete Russo from Hero Records. Since you guys have such a strong visual aesthetic and such an understanding that visual is is such an important part of what an artist puts out there, which I really appreciate because I really have trouble, especially in the indie space, and by indie I mean like whatever that word has evolved into in terms of sort of a genre of music, if you know what I mean, like alternative rock or singer-songwriter alternatives, like something like that. In that universe, it's really difficult in many instances to get a band to understand that their visual aesthetic has a huge impact on their career and their chances of success. You know, I think we sort of are somehow still living with the after effects of grunge like 20 years later, everyone's like, why can't I wear a t-shirt and jeans on stage? And it's like, dudes, you know, it it matters how you look. Like, it actually matters, like, w- because that sends a message to you and it's part of the art. So I really appreciate, you know, what you guys are doing in, in terms of really making that clear. But another aspect of of that is videos. So, you know, what do you guys do when you when it comes time to make a music video for these artists? Before I hit on that, just real quick, we've had many artists that the music will be ready and the and objectively sounds great that we've, using the word shelve is wrong, but put on hold because Pete or myself, mainly Pete, will be like, I don't think the visual brand is strong enough yet. We haven't figured out what that ethos is and putting this music out until we know what that is kind of makes it fall on deaf ears. So there's definitely a lot of, on our side, I can appreciate what you're saying, Porsche, is that we, we've definitely had a lot of educating sessions where artists will be like, well, the music's ready. And we're like, yeah, but you don't, you don't have a logo. You've never done a photo shoot. Right. You, you don't even, you can even tell us what your three favorite colors are, let alone right. your brand. Is. So I don't think we should put this music out yet. And having those education sessions are definitely interesting, but I think, I think it comes down to, and Pete, you can correct me. Pete is just really great and making the artists realize in a very, very tactful way that they're clueless <laughs> on their brand. And, and he does it in a way that I'm like a bull in a China shop where I'll just be like, yeah, there's nothing there. And Pete will just like point out pillars and be like, get the artist to say to us, oh yeah, well, we haven't thought about that yet. With the way that Pete's able to articulate it, it, it the artist comes back to us and says, yeah, well, we need to figure this out first. Wow. That's fantastic. A lot of the times they come in with the attitude you touched upon that you said might have been a grunge holdover where the branding kind of has a dirty word to some musical artists because, of course, they think only the music should come first and only the music matters sometimes. But what they don't understand is they could tell the story of the music beyond just the music and in the visuals as well. And that's what true branding is. They're telling their story and that the music is being transcended in the visuals as opposed to just being withheld in the music. So that's what I try to explain to them is that these visuals aren't putting packaging on you. It's an extension of yourself as opposed to 
putting gift wrap on what you already have. Exactly. I, I love that. I'm I'm going to totally use that. Steal it. Steal it. I, I want to steal it because, you know, the whole reason I started this podcast is because I feel like it's critical that musicians understand how the music business works. And I feel like, you know, more now than ever, it's important because it's so fractured and the, the places that money is coming from are so varied. But like, that is part of the deal is like, you know, this sort of willful desire to not understand how it works is kind of part of that. It's like, well, I don't want to be seen to be branding myself. I don't want to be seen to be like looking like I'm making an effort to make money. All of the rest of us are in this like for a job. Like I get up and come to the office in the morning and do this all day. Like this is, I'm not pretending that I don't make money, right? You know, it's like, this isn't a fun ha ha thing. This is like a real job. And it's a real job for the artists too, you know, especially if you plan on doing it for years of your life. I found that when we talk to artists about branding stuff and a tactic that I try to use is get to their level and just start talking about the music. And I say, cool, well, if you don't care about what font we use here, then you won't care if I change this word in your song. And they're like, no, I do care about that. I'm like, well, there's no difference. It's the same exact thing. Right. I think a lot of it, to your point, is we're in this weird time where we transitioned within like a five-year period from a major label being like, here's all the money you could ever need. We're going to incubate you and we're going to tell you how to say yes, how to say no, and where to walk. And all you need to do is work on music. And then within like less than a decade, it went from that to, okay, barely anyone's going to get money. We might sign you so that we can help amplify if it works, but you have to figure out how to do all those things that for the last 50 years we said we were going to do. Now you have to do that on your own. Right. And there wasn't really a transition. So I think that there's a lot of times where artists feel like they should have the support that they were getting on a major with no money and with no self-brand identity. And social media, obviously, is the reason that this transitioned so fast, because artists now have the ability to talk to a fan without a single dollar, which is why I think the transition kind of skewed so quickly without it being more of like a middle ground, but figuring out how to explain to them that all these things that we're trying to do on this indie level is what a major did just behind closed doors and didn't tell you about it is I think like the challenge that we come across and kind of getting back to your point when it comes to music videos, when it comes to doing that side of it, we kind of work with the artist to see how they want to do. And we, we kind of work in three simple things. Is it going to be fully animated and just kind of a manifestation of the comic book? Is it going to be live action with some animated elements or is it going to just be live action? And that's something that Pete usually gets into with the artist and figures out what they want. And then we kind of execute it from there. But at no point do we kind of look at the music video as secondary. I would say I would never, very rarely would I want to release music video and music on different days. I think that that's antiquated thought process where People are thinking about like extending the life of the song. And I think that you have to hit a home run on your release. And if you had the bases loaded beforehand, it's a grand slam. But hitting two singles doesn't score a run. Right. That's a good way of putting it because exactly. I mean, we have to change the way we think about how people consume music. So, you know, it's like if if a single comes out on a Friday, a million people are going to go try to listen to that single on YouTube. And if there's no video for it, putting the video up two weeks later does you no good. 100%. You just missed all those eyeballs that you could have hit on that first day. Yeah, there, there's a really interesting 
thing happening where people think that extending the life of a song means putting out the core assets staggered. And, and I, I think it's more like immediate family, right? Needs to be done on the same day, right? So media family is your video and your song. That has to be ready day one. Then you can have your cousins, which is going to be your acoustics and your remixes. Then you can have your distant cousins, which might be a secondary behind the scenes music video, kind of what Adele did with When We Were Young. If you ever saw the rollout of that song, she had an ancillary music video that was put out like weeks later. That was like the behind the scenes footage of them filming that in a studio. Right. But they had already captured the attention. Exactly. Because they had put the original music video out with the song. Right. And then they kept the life going by doing a second one and then doing remixes and then et cetera. And, and explaining to artists that, that, and then most importantly, and this is something that's even hard for us sometimes because we do create a lot of content is you have to be of the mindset that everything's perishable, right? No, nothing's that, that golden key. And if you try to hold it to be that, you're going to miss the opportunity that you could potentially garner from putting it out the right way. We've seen, and I'm sure you've seen too many artists try to hold on to a song for the right moment because it's like the song or the, or this or that. And I try to keep us as level-headed and as focused on the idea that every song that's great, we're putting out. That's why we're putting it out, but it shouldn't ever be put out thinking that's the last great piece of art you're going to make. Absolutely. So let me ask you on the business side for the label. So clearly you guys do a ton of the visuals yourself in terms of the animation and the comics and stuff like that. But what do you guys do in terms of marketing? Like, do you have in-house marketing? Do you have in-house PR? Like, how do you market it once you've got the product all together? Yeah, so just to kind of hit on all those points quickly, nothing visual comes out that's not approved by myself, Pete, and Morgan Rosenblum, who's our chief creative officer, and Pete's obviously our executive creative director. So everything from a comic book visual standpoint filters through three of us, no matter what. And then from a marketing standpoint, we have a relationship with Sony Red Music as our distributor on the indie side. And with that distribution channel, they help with the marketing and the PR. So for artists that we have going through our pipeline, like Devin Kurtz, Skella, and Logan, we have publicists that are paid for through our distribution company at Sony. And they're amazing partners on the indie side. So people that are listening aren't aware or know what Sony Red is. It's an arm of Sony Orchard, which is independent labels. And Sony Red provides us with our uh, infrastructure on the, the marketing and publicity sides. Got it. Yeah, so that's that's something that a lot of people have done lately is when they start a label, they partner up with some other label services organizations that are out there, and that's really helpful. As a label services company, they've been incredible partners to help, especially on the radio side for an independent label like ourselves that's pretty much self-funded. And we're not a joint venture with Sony in the sense of being like partnered like major label like a RCA or Columbia is where we're just a regular independent label. They provide resources on the radio side that have been unbelievable to, to be a part of where we've taken songs that we've seen traction with and they've really helped amplify on a national scale, which we did not think would be possible at this juncture in the label. And that's a whole other episode of this podcast basically is like the access to commercial radio that independent labels have gained in the last five years largely through partnerships like you're describing, but also through, you know, like, for example, Taylor Swift has, until this last year, was on an independent label for her whole career. 
And they were able to, you know, leverage their relationships to, you know, obviously do a great job with her at radio. So the times change constantly in the music business. And, and that's why it's so important that people understand what's going on. I think it's similar to how agents work for artists, where if you if you really get down into the nitty gritty of it, and Pete, tell me if you agree, I think that the agent is what matters, not the agency. And similarly, now with how independent labels have kind of risen, it's less about where the services are coming from, but who the services are being provided by. Mm-hmm. And with the partners over at Red, their radio department is actually outsourced by some of the the biggest labels in music and being able to work with those same teams that have broken like Max's Lights Down Low to the Chainsmokers Roses to Lovely the Band's Broken has just uh, been an amazing run to see those same people working on the artists that we've kind of been growing since day one. That's awesome. So you guys are still a relatively young label, but how are you feeling about this? Are you feeling like starting a label was a good idea? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a fun ride. Awesome. Yeah, we, we, we had started off more on the management side. And me and Pete had started management company first and quickly realized that the part of the business that we both were gravitating towards while we were working as managers was the release side was really getting art out to the people. So we pivoted early in, in that kind of construct to work more on the fulfillment side rather than the overall strategy which is really cool and obviously every artist needs that guidance but for us we found that our passions lie more in taking that strategy and funneling it into individual pieces of art awesome well keep up the good work we'll keep our eyes on you and thanks so much you guys for being with me today on the future of what thank you for having us truly appreciate it one last thing i'll just say is if anyone's ever interested in like comic book slash music podcast. I also host one called Nerds on Coffee with Logan Henderson's guitarist. And we just chit chat about everything from music to comics and everything in between. Cool. That's awesome. Good piece of advice. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
That was Heartbreak and Liquor by Skella. When Kill Rockstars was looking for someone to take over our fulfillment operation, Merch Table stepped up to do the heavy lifting, moving our entire stock to their warehouse and helping us create merch our fans love. With Merch Table's support, we've been able to focus on the music and artists that matter to us. KRS loves Merch Table. See what they can do for your business at merchtable.com. You're listening to The Future of What? After the show, take a moment to leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. It helps people find the show, and we love hearing from you. Also, check out our short podcast series about Bratmobile's potty mouth. It's called Girl Germs, and you can get it wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Future of What? I'm talking to Skella. Welcome to The Future of What? Thank you for having me. So, our... Episode today is we're doing a spotlight on Hero Records, and you are a Hero Records recording artist. So I wanted to just ask you to start with, how did you get hooked up with those guys in the first place? So I met them through a friend who used to be managed by Matt. So I started working with him before the label actually came, you know, into its own. So that's how I first uh, linked up with him. Cool. And so what did you think when they told you that they were going to have this comic book feature as part of the label? Yeah, I had always known that that was a part of the puzzle for them. I thought it was really rad. You know, I believe in, you know, other forms of media kind of contributing to the initial piece. Like, I think that having multiple ways of telling a story is really exciting. And if you can add like a visual sonic component, it's only going to help really drive home the message and the mission of your artistic project. So it looks like from your website that the last thing you released on Hero was in 2017, but that you do have some new stuff coming out next month. Is that correct? No, actually, I, I did release the project in 2018. It's called Project 10. Oh, okay. Which of the releases had the comic that went with it? That was the first EP, basically. So the first EP went with a comic book, which was written by me and designed and illustrated by a friend of mine named Nicolette Batad. She's very talented. So that was the last release that we did with a comic element. Cool. So what about this upcoming release? Is that going to also have a comic element? Not right now. The only elements right now from Hero are going to be like a visualizer that kind of like adds to the hero world. What is a visualizer? So a visualizer is uh, like when you have a, a song and then you attach a, a video to it. It's not necessarily a music video, but it's basically like a breathing animation, you know, that adds to the project. So you can place it on multiple platforms. That's like their brand on it. 
Oh, I see. So it's, it's, and it also has the song, whatever the single is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Got it. Yeah. I think that's, that's something that people are doing a lot these days. I did not know that I had that cool name. Yeah. So I'll just put that <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all fancy words, but it just means cool video. <laughs> you know? Right. Totally. So did you feel like you had a strong vision of yourself in terms of your physical presentation and your like aesthetic presentation before you came to the label? Or do you feel like they helped you develop it or think about it more? I'm just wondering because that seems to be, you know, one of the things that artists don't necessarily think about all the time is the look that they're trying to present to the world at the same time as they're also trying to present their music. Yeah, I feel like I've gone through a lot of phases, you know, and in each of my phases, I've always been very positive and sure of them you know (laughs) I've always kind of had a visual idea of what I wanted my project to look like who I wanted to present myself as the visuals that went along with it so I definitely have like a 360 idea of what I want my project to look like pretty much at all times which is cool because I think that in doing like the comic I was able to see it come to life in a different way you know what I mean and I, I, I didn't initially set out to do a comic on my own, you know what I mean? So yeah, I was able to do the comic. It, it brought it to life in a different way, but in a way that I was very aware of and sure of prior. Like the artist that we brought in is the artist that did all of my cover art in general. So I was very sure about like what I wanted my project to look like. Yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think there's a, a cool thing about the visual component because like I looked at the comic that accompanies your first EP and it's about this girl who's got a specific superpower. And I, it really kind of made me want to listen to the music more. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is interesting. I'm interested in what is she going to be saying in her music if this is what she's saying in her comic, you know? Yeah. Which is kind of a cool, like I hadn't really thought of putting those two things together before. Yeah. I always, whenever I write, I always kind of describe it as like this moving picture in my head and I just like write down what I see. And I feel like music can be very visual. So the comic is an exciting part of it because for me, the comic sounds like the music. (laughs) You know what I mean? And the Mm -hmm. music looks like the comic. Like for me, they go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell us about the single that's coming up? Is it part of an EP or is it just a standalone single? It's a standalone single. So it's called Elvis. And the song is kind of a, yeah, it's it's definitely standalone. My goal for Elvis is to kind of, for me, the song feels like a goodbye. It feels like the end of something. And it feels like the end of an era. And I think it's because I've definitely, you know, been exploring who I am as a person. And I can definitely feel a new chapter beginning as an artist, you know. So, yeah, for for me, the song is standalone because it, it definitely marks some kind of checkerboard checkpoint along my path. You know what I mean? Like, put this song out and then I'm on to a new track, if that makes sense. Sure. So I'm excited for the song to come out because we've been working on that. You know, there's a music video attached to it, kind of a new look in the video. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. You know, after the music video comes out, I don't know. I always feel like as a musician, you kind of see your life in terms of like release dates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how you start to like 
mark your calendar and when you look back you're like oh yeah that's when the release party was oh yeah that's when I played in Chicago you know like it's all of these markers in your life that revolve around music so I'm interested to see what I'll remember about this period you know definitely how would you say it's been working with these hero records guys like do you feel like this label has given you lots of support or how has it been working with hero has been a better experience than I think a lot of people have had on labels. There's a bad reputation working with labels as a musician on the industry side. And I think it's because of the size of labels is a lot of artists get disregarded, they get shelved. And unless you're, you know, the Miley Cyrus or the Shawn Mendes, you know, you don't get attention basically unless you're like a mainstream artist. So I think working with Hero has been cool because it's a small team, it's a small group of musicians, and it means you know everyone personally. You work with them, you text them, you call them, you know, you see them all the time. Like, there's no shelving people on labels that you have personal relationships with. And with that personal relationship comes a, a sense of commitment and integrity, you know, that it's not like you can just shelve someone and, you know, they'll go and just appear. It's like, you're accountable for your actions on all ends, you know? So I, I like that fact of like working with a small label. I feel like it's important to have, it's important to know your team. It's important to know your label and it's important to put your faith in people. And you're not really able to do that unless you have that personal relationship with them. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's the hallmark of independent labels, you know, is that we can help artists by actually being right there and, you know, on the ground with them. Exactly. You have to be there. I mean, if you're not there, then you're not there. You know what I mean? That's just how it goes. Yeah. No, absolutely. So do you have a, any touring coming up this year or what's what's sort of next for you? Yeah. So the next project that I've been like working on for the past year is a novel and an accompanying soundtrack. So my life has basically looked like how to make that happen, <laughs> you know, how to get on to that uh, journey as a musician and we have some shows scheduled but I think that a big portion of my time has been dedicated to making like the basically the project of my dreams you know so I'm not too concerned with not that I I love playing shows and I, I love touring it's obviously like so fun but I feel like I'm in the the creation process where like I can't see or think of anything else <laughs> you know what I mean all I can think of is how to make the best project possible and then once I'm done with that I'll figure out shows and touring and get on to focusing on that you know got it yeah i hear you cool well skella thank you for being with me today on the future of what yeah absolutely thanks for having me I can't wait till I'm 
That was Had Enough by Fair. And that's our show. The music we played today was used by permission. You heard DNNY, Skella, Fair, and of course, our theme song, Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. For more info on our shows, check out our website at killrockstars.com slash the future of what and sign up for our newsletter. Our program was engineered by Brent Asbury at Beta Petrol and is produced by Will Watts. I'm Portia Sabin, president of Kill Rock Stars. See you next week.